Yeah, I could geek out on this for a long time. <laughs> I could see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, friend, it's David Nabinsky here in Brooklyn. Here at the Portfolio Career Podcast, we help you take ownership of your career and design a life that you want to live. This episode is something special for me, hopefully for you too, it is a podcast mixer episode recorded in a house in Austin, Texas. When I started the podcast in the summer of 2018, to be thinking about doing something like this in Austin, Texas is pretty, pretty special to me. So thank you for everyone who's been a part of it. Um, like most podcast mixer episodes, five people shared a short story in front of an audience of about 20 people. And this time you'll hear short stories about decisions, how people made a decision, a moment, a story, how they're thinking about decisions. Hopefully hearing decisions and the related stories will help you uh, make an upcoming decision or have more confidence and agency around decisions. At the end of the day, we get to decide. As always, this ep episode with notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my Portfolio Career Substack newsletter that I send out every two weeks. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Amy. Hello, Amy. Hi, David. <laughs> um, I would love to hear about a decision that you've made. So I talk about this decision a lot to like friends who know me and to also like strangers because it essentially like changed the course of like my career and probably like my life. So I, uh, this was around 2016, I decided to kind of like change like the status quo of like where I was at in life. And it, it started off with um, kind of being sick of where I was at in terms of like career and like the people that I knew in my life. And then it kind of spinned off into me taking a trip and then kind of changing my career very drastically um, after I came back. Uh, from my trip in to New York City and so it changed in multiple ways in terms of like just me understanding parts of myself and parts of myself that were like hidden right like I think it was like a very artistic pursuit that I did not realize it was artistic when I when I like went to do that and then it turned into something that was like kind of beyond what I thought it was we were friends before that. We were not <laughs> friends before that. I didn't know. I didn't know you before that. Um, yeah. And and what about like? It sounded like there was a surprise or an uncertain element to this of like how much has changed. What do you think was behind that? The surprise element was I didn't know what I was getting into. So essentially, I worked. Um, I worked in New York and in, in like a fashion operations career. And fashion is a very fancy word. It wasn't really that. It was me doing merchandising for you know for department stores and then I think just one day through various of like um situations like a breakup and then hanging out with like people where I felt I knew like were not like my group of people and realizing that and then being going hey I don't think this is like what it's supposed to be and then I was like, oh, well, something like needs to move. And then at that time, um, I met like someone who was like kind of prominent in my life. And she like was doing very different things than what I was like used to hearing about in my friend groups. And then so I just started questioning. And then pretty soon I bought like a ticket and then off I went and came back. And my life was very different afterwards. Mm, how does it feel now? I'm no longer doing that thing. <laughs> 
um which is like surprising because you think about like decisions that are like very life-changing you keep on doing the thing that's life-changing but it's not always like that there sometimes can be like end to it because then the next chapter starts Ooh, love it awesome thanks amy yeah cool thank you let's give it up for amy Heather, do you want to go? Yeah. Um, I would love to hear <laughs> a story about a decision that you made, Heather. Sure. Okay. So it's around 2015, 2016. I'd co-founded and been running and growing a community for about five years that went from about 10 people to around 2,000 members doing emotional skills training. Authentic relating games was the the umbrella name for it and um, had helped train hundreds of, of facilitators and the people running it, we had decided, we were like, okay, are we an LLC? Are we a nonprofit? What are we doing here? Like as it was just a passion project at first and as it got bigger and bigger, then we're thinking, what's the next step? And one of the people who started it started an LLC. They also did a nonprofit, but as we were thinking about what's our purpose and mission, I realized this is not the thing I want to do with my life. Like this doesn't feel aligned. So I was reflecting on it like, okay, they're just going to, they're basically, their current model is we're, we're helping start and grow other communities elsewhere. So there's like purpose-based decision-making and also counterfactuals of, okay, if, if I don't do this thing, will somebody else Yes, I am confident that somebody will. And from a purpose perspective, I think that um, a lot of ill in the world comes from people hurting emotionally and not having skills to navigate things well on an emotional level, despite best intentions and whatnot. So my thought was, how do I reach an audience that would never self-select to come to authentic relating games? So, and then like from a counterfactuals perspective, like what's the rarest thing I can contribute here? And I'm like, okay, I can code switch and talk to corporate or mainstream. I can talk to engineering teams about stuff like empathy and soft skills. So I went into doing that instead, which also turned into me moving to San Francisco in 2017 with nothing lined up and was like, I had six months of runway of savings I'd allotted and was like, I'm going to network until jobs happen. <laughs> so that was actually quite terrifying, but it eventually worked. It was a lot of me like hugging my pillow at night, watching Netflix to try and self-soothe because I had no friends there either. <laughs> but, but, but gradually we got friends here in Austin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, is there more to that? That's so, so that's, become my career but it was the decision of like I, I love this community and the people that I've been running this community with and the thing they're doing but this doesn't feel aligned and, and, and correct for me and then what's many options for what does it look like to do a thing that does feel more aligned and then turn it into my current self-employed business situation. So it sounds like you were building this on the side while you got a job in San Francisco. Is that? No, it was oh. just doing this. I had no side job. So yeah. Right. Cool. Um, and, and why do you, what, what made you so passionate about this? Like, why did you, like, why did you really want to go after this? Yeah, I think it's the, it's the aspect of, it's almost like a neglected cause area of, um, 
the way that people navigate stuff emotionally. So like I, I come from a very, very multicultural background, uh, which is a long story, but I'm half Singaporean, Indian, fifth generation Texan of Scottish Irish descent, raised Hindu and Episcopalian in a Catholic area. I was raised in the, on a border town with Mexico. And um, so, and, and my, my grandmother's actually of an almost ex culturally, almost globally extinct um, uh, cultural minority group also of like, of, of people who lived in Malaysia who were Indian for hundreds of years. And anyways, um, so the ability to perspective switch and see like shared humanity is something mm -hmm. that I, I feel very deeply passionate about as important for the world as well as individual experiences and relationships. And so like that aspect of it, of how do we de-other instead of like flattening others mm -hmm. and, and, um, the emotional part is, I think, it lends itself to that. Like it, it, it facilitates that process. But that's, I think, the like deeper core thing of growing up, seeing people who had so much shared humanity that were perceived as quite different. Is there one thing that we could do to work on that? Like anybody listening? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Oh, how interesting. I think something that I think is important is the ability to sit with discomfort. And so to gradually increase that, um, because that also fits in with like, if a belief is uncomfortable or a new perspective is uncomfortable, then we can tend to um, just kind of like shy away from it. Like, oh, but if I, if I like look inside that closet, then I need to reevaluate all these things that are very convenient to just stick with as they are. So the like, uh, increasing tolerance for discomfort, which can be like, you know, like cold plunges and people do Wim Hof, but there's also the emotional version of that, which mm. I think is so important because it also increases um, our ability to be with intensity, like with a loved one in an argument or something without going into hyper or hypo activation. So like puffer fish or hermit crab, <laughs> let's call it, of like, I'm going to lash out or I'm just going to like shrink away and sad puppy myself or whatever. So. Yeah, I could geek out on this for a long time. <laughs> I could see. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Hi, David. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Can I provide some context right now? Sure. So I am I moved here. I slept on an air mattress last night. So this is me experimenting, doing a podcast on very little sleep. But I trust you, and I trust Dennis. And we're just going to go with it. <laughs> well, let's give it up. I mean, that's, yeah, incredible. I might be regressing to like a tween, but that's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. This is going to be great. This is going to be great. Um, so when you were thinking about a decision that you wanted to share um, or something related to decision making, what came to mind for you? Yeah, so I was thinking of how indecision is a decision mm. and how I'm a very decisive person usually. But then the last seven years when I moved back to New York after living overseas, I didn't know where I wanted to live. And that was like painful for years because I didn't want to live in New York anymore. I've grown up all over the world, multicultural as well, and had friends all over. And I didn't want to live in Norway and I didn't want to live in Canada. And I realized it's a very privileged thing to say, but it, I, I, my family was separated. I just felt so confused. And that was weird because I been good at making decisions up until this point in my life um but um as you know i study tibetan buddhism and my teacher said like sometimes you just gotta make a decision mm. <laughs> so i did 
<laughs> I moved to Maui and it was an adventure for two and a half years. Now I moved here. And I feel like Austin, I'm so grateful to be back in modern society. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maui's a story and more, but, um, but I, it doesn't, doesn't, I don't know if it's my forever, but it, I'm like so grateful to have made a decision <laughs> and to be somewhere that feels like really good right now, maybe a few years, maybe longer. But, um, and then in terms of decisions, I realized I used to be very gut focused, which is helpful, but sometimes impulsive perhaps. And then, but now what I do is I'll journal, I'll meditate, I write, yeah, I write. Um, we were talking about how we ask advice for others, but I think I've, I've become, I've started doing less of that. Like I only ask very close inner circle friends who know me for advice for big decisions because I can be easily swayed. <laughs> and, I, and when I'm in a vulnerable place, I just want to ask the ones I know have my back. So yeah, that's my answer. Hmm. My sleepy answer. No, 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 no. It's good, it's good, it's good. Um, so what was the decision like to, to move here? Like who did you talk to or? So I've never, I've never been here before, but I talked to like 10 different people, Dennis included. And everyone mm. here was just happy. They could afford rent. They were <laughs> <laughs> mostly former New Yorkers <laughs> and Californians from the big cities, but like they had like you know you have nature in the city and the lake and dogs and lots of single people which you don't have in Maui and we also have you know people with jobs and shoes here you don't have in Maui um, not joking but the shoes part of the jobs part they neither oh okay There's no jobs <laughs> and men do not own shoes okay, okay. <laughs> only slippers um, but yeah no what was the question <laughs> <laughs> about deciding to move here oh yeah it felt it felt really i just felt so Who'd welcomed you talk to? Yeah. it was like a warm hug and this is one of those things oh, oh actually i did consult with a very good friend so a friend i had officiated her wedding this summer in austria and so she's seen me through all different stages like when we worked in tech you know and e-com unicorn eight years ago to sleeping on our couch after traveling the world to back to New York to becoming an entrepreneur and then hiring me for work. So she's, and then asking me to do her wedding was like the biggest honor of my lifetime. So she was like, Cassandra, you just got to get off the Island, go to Austin. <clears throat> and also her brother had been here for four months. She's mm -hmm. like, I think you're going to, and she knows she's one of those very rational. We very well compliment each other. She's very rational and, but very loving yeah. and very, just so good. Like she gave me the advice I needed, but in a very, soft love way not in a tough love way i don't i feel like sometimes we focus too much on tough love and sometimes mm. we just need my my teacher always says like soft love is the hardest form of love which mm. like. soft love is the hardest form of love yeah like there's not like he would always say like i don't understand like being a softy it's like tough love is easy because i grew up italian so I'm very familiar with tough <laughs> love. but i'm like okay how can i be as kind as possible and that's what she did for me. And I was like, thank you. And she, then like no judgment. And I'm like crying. I'm like, I don't know what to do. She's like, just go. And then I was like, I, I just needed someone to call me out mm. on things. And I was like, but what about this? And she's like, do that. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. It was just like I had built all of these walls. 
and I and she could see them and it wasn't scary to talk about with her because mm-hmm. I knew she had my back and that was and then I keep calling her and thanking her she's like Sandra didn't do anything I just listened <laughs> but yeah so it was, she did a lot for me yeah love it yeah who else has made a decision to move to Austin everyone yeah. you're not alone in that one yeah um Saka did you want to go sure. yeah Cool. What um, what's a decision that comes to mind for you? Yeah, so <laughs> for me, I I was actually thinking about like smaller decisions more recently, because I think when I think about like my past, <laughs> it's like kind of like <laughs> sounds very extravagant, but I feel like I can make like some big decisions quite easily, but the small ones are kind of hard. Um, so. For example, one thing, <laughs> it's kind of silly, but for example, like Thanksgiving, right? Like recently, um, usually like when there was like a big event, like a big like feast, I feel like, oh, I have to like eat as much as I can. You know, like I have to embrace this moment. <laughs> <laughs> so usually like I eat way too much and I know, <laughs> but I do it, right? Yeah. But this Thanksgiving, I was like, oh, I'm not too hungry. Like... I don't, I don't really want to eat. And like the thoughts I had in my head were like, okay, like you're going to be like that person who's not going to eat like that girl almost, right? Like who's just going to have like a slice of something. But I was like, you know what? Like, I don't care. Like, this is how I'm feeling. Like, I'm going to be true to myself. Like, and I'm trusting these people aren't going to judge me. Like, I'm just going to eat however much I want. And that was really cool because I think usually Mm -hmm. like I kind of get stuck in this scarcity mindset of like I have to like do this even though I may not really want to. Um, So that was a that was a decision. I was like, good job, Sayaka. Yeah. 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 What's a small decision that uh, you need to make next? Make next. So one thing I'm actually working on right now um, is to not touch my phone in the morning. Mm. That one is really hard. And it's like, I've known this for like years, right? But especially since my phone is my alarm, to just stop it and not look at it. It's it's like that mental game to every morning of like, ooh, I want to check. It's like, no, 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 don't. Like, you know, oh, but I want to one thing. It's like, no, 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 don't. And like, so I've done that for two days so far. <laughs> so <laughs> on to my third, hopefully. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right, Lauren, 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 Lauren. <laughs> that makes it sound like we have a sorted past. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there a decision story you want to share? Yeah, I've been thinking about this and specifically how sometimes decisions we make challenge our whole identity. Mm. And so I want to talk about a decision I made 13 and a half, almost 14 years ago. In my former life, I was in the medical field. I worked in pediatric neurology and epilepsy research and thought I was going to be a doctor. That was my path. If we have any OCD people listening, you know, I charted it out perfectly. (laughs) And then something happened that changed how I viewed it. You know, we had a little baby come in that we treated and then the insurance company came back and said, actually, we're not going to pay for this continued treatment. And I just had my whole world in that moment come into question. And the decision I had to make was, am I going to stay in an industry 
where I feel like I can't do what's best for my patients because insurance companies are dictating patient care. When I've known this industry for at that point, eight, almost nine years, and I decided to leave. And in that moment, I was like a cork in an ocean. Mm. I didn't know who I was. <laughs> I didn't know what I was gonna do. I really didn't have a plan B. And it was the first time that I felt so anchored and unsure but I had to trust that I was going in the right direction. And thankfully I had mentors around me <laughs> that told me it was gonna be okay and pointed my sales in a different direction. But I think so often we don't make those hard decisions because they challenge who we are, who we think we are, especially if we've tethered our identity to our businesses or our jobs or our families or our locations. And so it can be really soul altering to feel like all of a sudden we're exposed and vulnerable because we don't know who we are anymore. <laughs> um, is there more you want to share about that? Oh, is there more? Um, I feel like um, one of the, so we were talking about human design earlier and, mm. and my, my human design is um, trial and error. And so I had to get really comfortable with my decisions, just making the decision, the best decision I could in the moment, and then allowing it to unfold. And I actually read this book that changed how I view decisions mm. forever. It's called Thinking in Bets. Mm. It's written- Annie Duke. Yes, exactly. And she talks about resulting. And this was something that just, absolutely broke my brain. She talks about how there's such a danger in tying the result or the outcome to a decision and then making that decision good or bad. And how if we do that, then it actually undermines our decision thinking later. And I realized that so much of my life, I had made a decision good or bad based on the outcome. But the decision that you make, the outcome is so not in your control, like really, truly, after you make the decision, so much is out of your control. And so with that lens, with that change in perspective, I've really been allowing myself to have more grace with decisions and saying, okay, I made the best decision in this moment. Let's see where it goes, launching and learning. And I think the moment in time when I left the medical field, that was the time that my muscle of trust and just letting the decision be the decision and the outcome be the outcome really changed how I build my business, how I work with my clients, how I interact with people, um, and shaped the entrepreneur that I am today. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's the lens that you really think, think about through these days? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think for me, I don't know if this resonates with anyone, but I can be really harsh and critical of myself because I should have known better or I should have done it this way because hindsight is mm. twenty twenty. But in reality, in the moment that we're deciding, it's you're doing the best with the data that you have. And the interesting difference between a decision and a choice, decide comes from a Latin word that means to sever. So when mm. you decide you literally are severing all other options, which can feel really scary and overwhelming because you're like, oh, what if it doesn't work out? But how often does something 
not work out. Mm -hmm. Like it almost always works out. It just might take a little bit longer to get where you want it to go. Hell yeah. Um, does anybody, does anybody have a question for anybody who shared? If you do, I'll hand you the mic. Um, uh, you're drinking. Um, um, uh, thinking in bets, Annie Duke. Um, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, uh, or does anybody feel that they want to share? Yeah, cool. Yeah, love it. Not really a career decision, but an emotional decision. In 2018, I chose to end my engagement. I was engaged for eight months to my on and off again high school sweetheart of five and a half years. And I think ultimately when we're in relationships, we feel a certain level of commitment and pressure to make things work because you've put in time. Um, so when I chose to end my engagement, it was really giving myself grace to say, you put in time to something that maybe wasn't going to be long-term fulfilling, but that time is still valuable and you were still able to like exchange like love and lessons learned. Um, I think people have a really hard time walking away from things that aren't exactly right because they are afraid that nothing else will compare or that there's rejection out there or they're losing, um, people they care about. Um, so yeah, that was the decision I made. Wow. Um, and what, um, like how, how did you decide? Like what was there a a moment? Was there a day or what? Take us to that place. Uh, I think the decision actually came pretty much immediately for me, even though I was there for eight months, um, working through it. Uh, so I felt like there was like an initial gut reaction of like, oh, I've promised something that I don't know if I can fulfill. Um, and working through kind of the emotional response of how can I let this person down when the whole, you know, four year relationship was like basically leading to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately when you start talking about marriage, there are so many other components that go into it. Um, and the vision of life that this person wanted. He's wonderful, by the way. He did nothing wrong. Um, But his vision of life was different than a vision that I had for my life. And we tried to see if there were moments where visions could intersect, um, if there was a way basically to fulfill what we felt like our calling was. And by the end of it, it became very clear that he would literally do anything to make me happy um, at the detriment, I think, of his own character. And when you really love somebody, you have to give them an opportunity to go be loved like fully. Um, and so even though I knew he was willing to make it work, I felt like I would be taking away part of his happiness in the long run. So. Wow, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for sharing. Um, <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Hey friend, thank you for listening to this Portfolio Career Podcast episode. I would love to hear what you learned or took away from this episode. I hope you find me, David Nabinsky, on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Also, if you want the best insights from the podcast and to hear my learnings, please subscribe to my Portfolio Career Substack newsletter that I send out every two weeks. You can find that on my website 
at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com slash newsletter. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.